thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. Thank you for touching your people. Thank you for your Holy Spirit you sent us. Father, we appreciate how mindful you are of us, even when we're not mindful of you. But you know every thought we think, you know all the hairs on our head, you know everything about us. And you're still in love with us. And you still love us. before you, God, but we boldly stand in your presence at the same time because of your son, Jesus. We give you thanks for every work you've done, every word you've spoken thus far, everything that you've planted in the hearts of your people, and we declare the blood of Jesus over it, that it would grow and prosper, that it would be watered and strengthened grace would be applied to it, that it might have its full work of maturity in time. And that, Father, you would guard your harvest and your people. We thank you for your mercy, Lord. Thank you for your grace. Just lift your hands and tell him thank you for if he's done anything in you this morning. Just thanks back to Jesus. All glory to you, God, all power, all praise. You're the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Yahweh Elohim, the Ancient of days. Jesus, you're the Messiah. You're awesome. You're powerful. You possess the only name that can make everything bow. Thank you for letting us grace that name on our lips. I call you Father. Such a privilege and honor to be your sons, to be your daughters, to be born from royalty, be adopted, chosen, loved, redeemed, pursued, secured. Father, for those in this room who don't know that privilege to know you, not to know religion and theology, but to know, to know you, Jesus. Because, Father, you're the ancient of days. You've lived a long time, and you don't care how long somebody's gone to church. Care whether they know you. You don't care what we know as long as it's you. So open our hearts this morning. Let your word be richly planted inside of us. And may revelation come forth. I ask that you bless Brother Clay, Father, that his heart and his mind would be in rhythm with heaven right now. And the words on his tongue would be straight from the Lord would receive and our ears would hear. We love you, Father. We thank you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
thank you guys so much. Appreciate y'all. Y'all did such a good job. Just give Jesus a hand in these guys. He's, he's good. If, uh, if what we were doing here this morning is a little not your flavor, um, I apologize. Just be patient with us. If I were to come to your church, I'd be patient with you. Because some of y'all, maybe what you do is not my flavor. But guess what? It's not about you and it's not about me, is it? It's about Jesus. And he's got lots of different people who have lots of different opinions and he loves them all. And it doesn't mean yours is better than mine or mine's better than yours. What matters is, is if I'm able to love you. And that's it. Because my theology only goes as deep as my love is for you and for God and for his people. Okay, so I love you guys. Thank y'all for coming. If you're visiting here and you're new here, uh, thank you for coming. You're welcome. You, you're uh, welcome to come back. We do have a, a very godly man here to visit with us and share with us this morning. Uh, I'm sure he'll share a little bit more about himself and as he gets on, but he's also coming back tonight at six o'clock. You're welcome. He's going to be doing a teaching on first fruits and... Um, I, I realize we live in a culture that um, I've had to actually try to fight against a lot in, um, in the gospel because a lot of people have been abused by church, and I get that, and a lot of people have been manipulated by church, and I get that. Um, and so for that reason, over the last 25 years of pastoring, I don't think I've ever preached on tithing one time. <laughs> not because it's wrong. It's not wrong. But because it's been so abused that I didn't want people coming into this building thinking that all I cared about was your money, because I really don't care about your money. And those of you who've been with me a long time know that. Um, those of you who've been with me a long time know I've never preached on it. Bobby, how many times have I preached on it? I've never preached on it. <laughs> Because my opinion usually is this. If you love God, you're going to be a giver because God so loved the world he gave. And if you didn't give, if you don't give, that's, that's your business. My nature is to give. And if your nature is to give, great. But I do feel like people do need to be taught about it. I just don't feel like I carry that, that anointing. And so when I was talking to, uh, to Brother Clay um, a few weeks ago, months ago, whatever, he said, you know, I feel like if you'll let me, I want to come teach your, your church on this. And I said, that'd be great, because I really stink at it. And, uh, and so I, I'm, I'm thankful he's here this morning. And uh, so if you're here and you want to come back tonight, please do so. If you want to come back next week and we haven't offended you yet, then we'll try again next week. So um, I'm just messing with you. Okay, I'm, I'm glad all y'all are here. And I love you guys, and I'm thankful for you. Um, if you have children, you want to send them back to Sunday school, you can. If you want to keep them with you, you're more than welcome to do that as well. And, uh, yeah. You ready, bro? Come on. Thank you. All right, everybody breathe out. <laughs> yeah, always when you come to uh, speak about money, people get tense. Amen? And uh, I'm going to start with a story. This is not in any way to... Uh, correct pastor, but this changed me. I had the same testimony. I had been pioneering churches for years, and uh, I'm not saying he did, but I would boast that I'd never taught on tithing. 
and there was a man who used to write, and I can't remember what the article was called, but he wrote the last, I think it was the last word in the back of Charisma magazine by the name of Jamie Buckingham. And I love to read his articles. He was very sound. And Jamie got cancer and fought it in faith. And then when he finally got the word that without a miracle, he was not going to continue in this uh, existence of life, he had a talk with God. Uh, And he told the Lord, he said, Lord, I'm so glad I did this right. And the Lord said, well, Jamie, you really didn't. And then he said something out, and he said, really didn't, and kind of went through his laundry list, and, and you know, he hadn't really done it. And then finally he said, well, Lord, is there anything I did right? And the Lord said to him, said, yeah, you taught my people about tithing and giving offerings. And that impacted me <laughs> because there is a truth in it, and it brought me in to where that I chose to teach on it and chose to empower people. Let me give you a statistic that backs up uh, the congregation that I still have oversight of in South Haven, Mississippi. 93% of that church tithe. Almost 40% of that church matched their tithe with another 10%. We're sitting on about $110,000 debt on a $2.7 million building that uh, just eight years ago had a me over a million dollars debt on it. We're only a congregation of a little bit over a hundred. Are, are you hearing me? We don't have any, we have a lot of wealthy people by the Lord, but we don't have any big businessmen. And so we've brought them in. I only teach on finances there two times a year. And I teach what I'm going to teach this morning with you. So I want you to, uh, I want you to hear that. This is not about getting you to give. This is about posturing you in a place that God can pour out upon you a greater measure of His resources. You know, how many of you believe God wants you blessed? But do we really realize why he wants us? He wants us to bless, to become a blesser to someone else. I've never been able to write a million-dollar check and give it away. But I'm always asking God. I mean, and and this is not just patronizing this church, but can y'all not see that this place ain't big enough? I mean, if you're people of vision, you can see, you know, it's uh, pretty full today. We could pack some more in, but one day there's going to need to be more room or a piece of land or something to build. I would love to be able to say to Pastor, Pastor Chad, and I'm going to tell you a testimony. Pastor Chad, here's, here's a half a million dollars. Go get it started. And I'm believing God for that. A friend of mine moved to a place in Alabama to take a church. Church had never done well. It was actually part of a Pentecostal denomination. Never done well. After he was there for a, about a year and a half, the church was growing. It was filling up the little building. This place is huge compared to what they had. And a farmer came up to the pastor in his bib overalls, my kind of people, stuck his thumbs in his bibs, and he said to the pastor, my friend, he said, you know the Lord sent you here. And he asked her and said, yeah, we prayed and fasted and felt like we were supposed to come here and take this church. And the 
farmer said, no, son, the Lord sent you here. And my friend didn't know how to take it. He said, well, yeah, we feel certain he sent. He said, no, son. said, he told me three or four years, it was actually longer, four or five years before you got here, you were coming, and I need to start putting back some money because we were going to need another building. Then he said to my friend, when it's time, I got you a million dollars. They built this new building, and almost to a year to the anniversary of finishing it, when all the tornadoes went, this was in Alabama, I can tell you this part, when all the tornadoes came through, it hit this particular town. There was 110 houses in the town. It blew 90 away, and 10 of the 20 that was left was condemned. And my pastor friend did 38 funerals in his own church. Doug Sheets and I stepped up. When I'm boasting, stepped up. I first, I mean, the week it blew away, I rented him a tent and had it set there for Sunday service. After he used it for a little bit, we returned it in Dutch and I and others, but we headed to Clarion Call. We bought him a permanent tent with floor, heat, air. They met in it, and they built the building back that had been there. It didn't do any damage, believe it or not, to the red steel. Just blew everything else away. And they were actually able to do the second phase when they really rebuilt back for their youth and uh, he's no longer pastoring there but uh, it, just an incredible thing so I'm sharing that with you because I want you to know that God wants you to see I was in position I just called a company near him that I knew about I said can you deliver this tent can you set it up can you have it done by five o'clock Saturday afternoon they need it tomorrow and you know what it ended up the three or four weeks I left there all churches in that town used it. And I, come on. Not about what I did. It was about what God did through just being a blessing. I'm going to tell you one other part of that, and I'm going to get into the Word. I went there the first Sunday. Uh, I went there one of the Sundays to preach in the permanent tent. And an 83-year young man uh, 83-year young man stood up and testified. He had lost his wife in the tornado and his daughter. And they found him two miles outside of town wrapped around a telephone pole. He blew his clothes off of him. That's how bad it was. And he got up and testified. And literally, I told the pastor, I said, I don't need to preach today. He does. Because he glorified God in the midst of his loss. And I'm saying that because I want you to catch today, God's got greater blessings for you. And he wants to pour out. We are in the, I, I don't just believe, I know we're in one of the greatest time of wealth transfer that has ever been upon this nation. Now, on the other side of that, we're in one of the greatest times of everything costing more. Man, I bought some stuff this week, and I just could not believe how much higher it was and just two months ago. But you know what God is doing? He provides to those who are covenant and who are faithful. Amen? Yes. All right. I'm going to talk to you about first fruits today. I want to ask a question. How many of you have said under 
any teaching on first fruits. Not surprised. I'm not one or two hands going up. Not surprised. It's not unusual. Across this nation, first fruits has actually been taught is the tithe. So I first want to go into this and make a differentiation between the tithe and first fruit. The tithe is the first 10%, the first 10%. It's not the afterthought. It's not, well, I'll tithe if I get all my bills paid. It's the first 10% of the harvest you have. Amen? If you bought a piece of property and you sold it and you made a profit, the 10% of that profit, it's the first 10%. It, you already have that. You've sold it. First fruits, listen, listen closely, is a sacrificial offering or portion of the harvest you desire. In Jewish history, when you study first fruits, when I studied it, everything, the kind of gold standard of, of the Jewish people of Israel was wheat and barley. And everything was based on that. And if you were not a covenant Israelite, just born into that ethnicity, when you harvested your wheat or barley, you would take and put up some of the seed and you'd put it in a place to where weevils couldn't get to it, moisture couldn't get to it, all of this couldn't get to it, so you would have seed to plant another crop. But if you were a covenant Israelite, you would take that seed and you would bring it as a wave offering and give it to the priest because your actions were saying, I'm not going to trust in my ability to have seed for next year. I'm going to trust in God's ability to get me the seed I need. Yes. Anybody ever read in, in an old book where it says he gives seed to the sower? Yes. Amen? Give seed to the sower. So when you're a covenant Israelite, you would bring that sacrificially and you would give it to the priest. In wheat and barley, other crops that we see, I mean, anything it produces, there's always a first fruits. Uh, if you've ever been by a wheat field in end of May, June, depending on the season, there's always a portion that ripens first. That's first fruits. Can I tell you what agronomy says? The first apples on the tree are the best ones to get seed to plant another tree. Now, sadly, a lot of our seed today is hybrid and it doesn't produce after itself. But, it, you know, how many of you know what heirloom seed is? We do, don't we? And when you buy that, it, the first trees, apples on the tree are the best one to get seed out of it to plant another crop. In agronomy, they will tell you that those are the strongest seed. It's the same way with rice, soybeans, corn. You know, we have so many hybrids today. It, 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 some of the relevance of my message is not as relevant today. But I'm in the process of buying some seed right now. I want to put up some seed that will produce after itself. You know, I don't know about you. I believe God can take care of us, but I believe he also wants us to be sober and be wise about what's coming. 
And if I've got a deep freeze with a bunch of frozen uh, seed in it, I can plant some things and grow some things. And I, I, I promise you this morning when I left coming here from my front yard, I had 26 squirrels in my front yard. <laughs> now I've got a feeder there. And uh, I know some of you are going to squirm, but if it comes down to it, I can plant some tomatoes and, and uh, okra and some things like that. And, and uh, I, listen, I grew up on red-eyed gravy and squirrels, so it's not going to bother me a bit. <laughs> Amen. And so uh, I, I expect God to, to uh, take care of me. Another thing about first fruits is first fruits offerings operate as an insurance policy. Don't you think about it. How many of you have insurance on your house? Storm come through, blow your roof off, blow your shingles off, you call them, you pay your deductible, and they get somebody out and they repair your house, right? Or on your car. Yeah. You know, if you carry full coverage on your car and you're out at Walmart and, you know, these days people don't care and they open the door in your car or back into you and they drive off, if you got the insurance, it's going to repair your car, right? But let me tell you how God's insurance works. He rebukes the devourer for your sake. Can I give you a testimony? Way back in the 90s, well, actually it wasn't, it was in the early 2000s, a tornado came through Dyersburg, Tennessee, where I was living. I was in Waco, Texas, raising an offering for a farming operation we had in Zaire, Africa. It's now Congo. And my three children were at home in Dyersburg, and this tornado came through and blew our barn away. It blew 20 to 25 big oak and pecan trees, one big magnolia tree, just blew them away. They were gone. And just blew a few shingles off our house and jerked the power out of the end of the house, you know, where it didn't go underground. It went over and it jerked it out. And when I got home on Monday, Kids were not hurt. Uh, actually, when I asked them, they didn't even get scared. When I got home on Monday, a contractor came out. The insurance company had sent him because there was some shingles missing to, to repair the roof. And we're standing. He didn't know me. He didn't know I was a minister. He didn't know anything. He had actually come from, I think, Lexington, Tennessee, which was a little bit of a drive. He'd been sent there by the insurance company because they didn't want further damage. And so he comes, and he stands in my front yard, and we talk about it, and he looks at the trees, and he looks at everything, and he said, Mr., if I didn't know better, I'd say that, that this tornado split and went on either side of your house. Well, that's exactly what had happened. My kids were safe. Most precious thing I had was not the house and not the stuff in it. It was those three kids that was there while I was off traveling. And God did. He, he somehow, you know, here's, here's what I see, Patrick. I just see this big old Bubba angel standing there at the corner of my house <laughs> with his hands stretched out. I know that's a little bit facetious, a little bit, but I'm going to tell you, it split. Because trees on this side of the house, I mean, big old oak trees, gone. Behind my house, I had a bunch of pecan trees. My barn, we found it five miles away, hanging in a tree. I had a tractor in it. Didn't even damage the tractor. Are you hearing me? Stuff was scattered. God rebuked the devourer. Sadly, the next subdivision over, there was a young girl killed when the house was blown in on her. 
but yet God, because we practice first fruits. I've heard about first fruits in 1990, left the meeting. I didn't leave when the conference was over. I went home, got my strong concordance and all my stuff out, and I was going to prove the guy wrong. I thought it was heresy. And the more I studied, the more I found out what he was speaking was truth. I had the same man come in 1991, begin to teach it. So I've been, I've not, I've been practicing first fruits since 1991. I can tell you miracle after miracle after miracle. God doesn't do magic, but he does miracle. Were, were you able to, uh, do we have the PowerPoint? Okay, already got it up? Okay. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, it says... It speaks about an abundance for good work. That's that ability to write a million-dollar check, or, or to some people here, maybe a thousand-dollar check. But to give what's in your heart to be able to be a blessing to someone, you know, to be able to do it. Uh, there's a move of God going on over in Greenville, Tennessee, right now with Heidi Baker's ministry called Iris. The largest Irish base now in the world is in Greenville, Tennessee. That's eastern Tennessee. And there's a ministry over there that works with women who've had drug addiction. And if they finish their course and get free and stay free for three months, a businessman has stepped up and said, I'll pay for every one of them's complete college. I don't know what that does to you, but he puts a desire in me to prosper and be in health as my soul prosper. Because I'd love to do that with other ministry, to be able to say, hey, you're helping people. I want to get behind what you're doing. I want to sow in to what you're doing. Or, or am I making sense to you? And so we must understand that he wants us to have an abundance of good work. Go with me, if you will. In God's Word to uh, Ecclesiastes, we're going to go to chapter 5. I didn't set this up. It's going to take me just a second here. All right, there we are. Chapter 5 and verse 19. Are you there with me? All right. It says, as for every man, look at your neighbor and say, you're a man. Now, ladies, let me, let me help you with this. Okay? I'm one day going to be the bride. Well, actually, I am the bride, but I mean, we're, are you hearing me? So we're, 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 we're talking about something that's, that's speaking to us all here today. As for every man or every person to whom God has given riches and wealth and given them or him the power to eat of it, to receive his heritage or inheritance and rejoice in his labor. You know that God wants you to rejoice in your labor? How many of you enjoy what you do? Well, we're going to pray for the rest of you. <laughs> Amen? Listen, what you have passion about, you enjoy. And God wants you to, to release your passion. But it goes on here, and it says, uh, for, his, for to receive his inheritance and rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. Look at someone and say, that's the gift of God. Do you know in, first, uh, in Romans chapter 12, 
I think it's verse 2. It, it speaks about what is good, acceptable, perfect will of God. And it uses two words there. It said, which is your reasonable service? Can I tell you what that word is in the Greek? Yes. Worship. Do <laughs> you know that every day you go and work on your job, whether you own your business or work for someone else, that you're worshiping God? God wants us to be worshipers, and it's not worship is not just being uh, what we do. That worship is wonderful here. Thank y'all. Uh, the presence of God. I was late getting here today, and I apologize through a misunderstanding and uh, that I that I had. And uh, but it was wonderful when I walked in. The presence of God was so strong. So it goes on to say there, which is the gift of God. For he will not dwell unduly on the days of his life because God keeps him busy with the joy of his heart. God wants to prosper you. The day I was born again, I owed $787,000 at 20% interest and couldn't pay it. I paid every bit of that down to $17,000. Walked into my banker told him, I said, I paid you down to this $17,000. I don't know how I can pay it. I got a call of God to go preach. I'm going to be preaching. I'll send you something every month. I don't know what that will be. And he rolled his desk back, drew my note. Some of you are not mature, uh, old enough. I'll, let me say it that way. It sounds better to remember when they used to keep your note inside an envelope that the end was open. He drew it out, tore it in two, looked at me, and he said, it's the year of Jubilee. Go preach the gospel. Yes. Are you hearing me? Yes. God wants to do exceedingly abundantly. Go to the next slide. First fruits the way to greater life. In Genesis 4, 1 through 6 said, Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I've acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, and this time his brother's Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Can, can I just throw a little nugget in? And I haven't vetted this. I hadn't studied this out to, but I just found in some Jewish writing that they were actually twins. I had not heard that. And then someone told me the other day, one of the books, which is not part of the Bible, the book of uh, Jasler, I think it is, it says that they were twins. Have, have you ever heard that? I, I hadn't until about four weeks ago. But then verse 3, it says, in the process of time. Everybody say, in the process of time. How many of you uh, um, looking around here, I'm going to use pastor's wife, okay, uh, remember the process of time when you were carrying one of these children? That nine-month process of time, and it starts out so sweet, oh, we're going to have a baby. But the closer to the fullness of time, the more you're waiting for your moment of deliverance. Amen? Uh, you know, I, I remember... When our first, uh, my wife was carrying our first child, a daughter, who now lives here in Harrison and, and uh, works with our ministry and everything. And, and I remember uh, how great it was, but I remember how um, 
hard it was on my wife. You know, never had a baby. Did her body was changing and her emotions. I remember one time I came home and and she was in the bathtub and the had it was a shower too. And she had to. Oh, I didn't see her or anything, but I just said something to her and she just started crying. She said, I, I can't, I, I don't like the way I look and feel, you know, just to emotions. But, you know, once that baby came, it changed. Once she held that little girl. But in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering from the fruit of the ground to the Lord. And Abel brought of the firstborn. Everybody say firstborn. That's first fruits. He bought of the firstborn of the flock and of their fat. In other words, he brought the best that he had. That's one thing about first fruits offering. God doesn't want your leftover. There's a guy, there's a cowboy on, uh, he's actually a horseshoe, a horse fair, and he's got this dog. He went and shoot a family's horse one time, and when he got through shooing the horse, they told him he didn't have any money. But they're willing to give him a dog. And I've seen this dog perform. It's it's one of the it's uh, one of the smartest. I think it's a border collie. It's one of the smartest dogs I've ever seen in my life. What he can do. But anyway, he went and picked out the best one in the litter and got all the way back to this truck and heard God say something to him. He went back and put the best one back and got the runt. And that's what turned out to be this smart dog. But this is speaking about the best of the litter. The firstborn of the flock and of their fat. Fat speaks of maturity. Fat speaks of health. Fat speaks of the, the best that you can. And then he goes on, and then the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering, and Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. Now, that word respect there is a, it, it's a big word. And we need to understand that it's a very, very uh, important word. And what it's saying is he showed favor to Abel. Are you hearing me? He showed favor. See, Cain brought his offering out of preference. Abel brought his out of conviction. When you do something because you prefer to, there's no faith involved. How many of you know anything? If you've ever been water baptized and you didn't release faith, it was a ritual and you didn't get anything out of it. There's a ceiling that comes through water baptism when you release faith. Or how about this? I see the Lord's table set out today. When you take communion, we need to release faith. When I, we, we do as you do, I guess we set communion out every time we meet. And when I first started teaching on this and, and bringing the people into understanding, we absolutely had more healings take place with people taking communion than we did at the prayer line of healing. People caught it because they're a king and a priest. And so, but it was because they were releasing faith. Same thing with giving. How many of you realize that when you give your tithes or you sow an offering that that money doesn't go to God? It can go to glorify God. But the money stays here with proclaiming Jesus. It stays with the ministry that you sow it in. And it's used for that, and that's all righteous. But how many of you realize there is something that you should release at that time that goes to God, and that's your faith? Faith speaks in heaven. Remember old Peter? 
Scripture speaks about the spirit of faith. One day Jesus walking along and he gets in somebody's boat. It's Peter's. Can I tell you why? Because Peter had the spirit of faith. Remember what the spirit of faith did? He came along walking on the water. Peter said, if that's you, Lord, bid me come. The spirit of faith spoke from Peter, and then the word of faith came from the Lord back to him, and he stepped out, and he walked on water, and preachers always point out the fact that he eventually sunk. But how many of you know he walked farther than you and I have? I've, I've practiced walking on water and hadn't done it yet. <laughs> I used to have a pool, and I just, you know, didn't work. But yet Peter having, the, see the spirit of faith always draws the spirit of the Lord. It draws God to you. There's always, I know pastor does this some, the people that's pulling the most, I'm trying to walk back and forth each side, but the people that's pulling the most when you're preaching, that's where you'll end up. You'll stand in front of them, the people that are pulling on the heart of God, because there's a spirit of faith there. Is this making sense to you? Yes. Let's take a few words that we've touched on in the process of time. That's speaking about the end of the day. You know, God always started, everything God did, he started at the end of the day. The Jewish day begins at 6 p.m. God always starts when darkness is coming and ends up in light the next morning. And so it's speaking about, see, God begins at the end of the day and finishes the morning. Number two, it said that Abel brought the firstling or the birthright of the firstborn. He bought, brought the first fruits, the best. He brought her their fat. It means the best, the most healthy, without spot or blemish. It also means a supreme sacrifice. My dad used to have a cattle farm out between Marshall and Snowball, kind of out in that area. Uh, yeah, there's another name out there. Is it Harriet? I think it's Harriet or something. But anyway, and uh, he, had a, he had this bull that he'd raised from a calf. And uh, it was very gentle, but it was a great bull. It sired some great uh, calves. But can you imagine if God would have spoke to my dad and said, give your best bull away? But that's how it is with a first fruits offering. God wants you to give your best away. And he wants you to do it sacrificially. Where he said he respect, it means God stood amazed and showed favor to Abel. How many of you want God to stand amazed and show you favor? You know, we, we have seen the favor of the Lord in our move to North Arkansas and the purchase of the land and the building. We, we were able this week to start the dirt work for where the slab's going to be, uh, be poured and a ministry is going to be birthed there on that land. And, and it's just amazing to get what we got done between all the rain and everything that's been coming. It's not, it's not just been perfect to do some of it. But God stood amazed and showed favor toward Abel. How does God make all grace? Remember 2 Corinthians 8 verse 12, for where there is first a willing mind. Look at your neighbor and say, do you have a willing mind? Think about that. Do you have a willing mind? For where there is first a willing mind, it's accepted according to what one has and not according to what one does not have. See, according to your faith. Can I just say it this way? You can have a Yugo pocketbook 
Anybody even know what a Yugo car was? All right. You can have a Yugo pocketbook, but a Porsche heart of faith. The, the widow might. He took the faith in her heart and gave her exceedingly abundantly above anything she can think or ask. I, I borrowed in a service in Wynn, Arkansas, I borrowed $25 to give to a missionary from the Fiji Islands one time. My wife and I named that seed. We need a miracle on our house. We were behind on payments. Now, I'm sure nobody here has ever got behind on payments, but we were behind on payment. And we sowed that $25 and asked God for a miracle. And we were able to catch our payments up. And not only that, we were able to get the house refinanced at a much better deal. In fact, we got it refinanced at zero interest. Wow. Are you hearing me? But we borrowed that and we sowed that for where there is first a willing mind... It is accepted according to what one has and not according to what he doesn't have, according to your faith. What comes from your heart and not just what comes from your hand. I'm not saying it happens here. I hope it doesn't. But in many churches today that are meeting, the offering basket, if it's passed, however it's done, people drop by and they put their tithes, their offering, their seed, everything in there, but they don't release faith. You must release faith. Am I, am I making sense? I know probably a little bit, I, I don't want to say different, but I, I'm here because I know that the future of this group of people together is so significant for this part of Arkansas and surrounding area that God wants you to prosper to another level so that the vision... You know, he might not tell you this, but I, I don't know what the budget is, is here at the church. Really none of my business. But whatever the budget is, he's got a 10 to $15 million vision bigger than what the budget is. Or more. Are you hearing me? Yes. And so he needs you, the people God is joining to him, to rise up in your faith to a place to where the vision can be financed. Amen. You know, when we, we bought 353 acres of land out from Omaha, and when we bought it, we were, there was the potential to buy another 75 acres and a house. And I have to tell you, the, this 353 acres house, barn, shop that we bought was so big, I passed down the house, I passed over the house, I passed it up. I just, you know, it was only 200, for 75 acres then, and a house, and the house needed some attention, but it was a house, I could have bought it for $241,000. If I had that 75 acre in that same house on Cobb Road today, it'd bring a half a mil or more. Are you hearing me? But because I didn't have the faith to do it, I'm being honest. I didn't, I, I, you know, I took on that first initial uh, responsibility and I stepped out to do it. But God wants us to be people of faith and he wants us to plant a first fruit offering. Go to the next slide. Oh, oh no, that, that you're on it. Thank you. The best of all the first fruits, this is Ezekiel 4430, of any kind and every sacrifice 
of any kind for all your sacrifice shall be the priest. That's speaking about bringing your, your sheave offering or your first fruit offering to the priest. Also you shall give to the priest the first of your ground meal to cause a blessing to rest on your house. Now let me help you with a couple of things there. God wants a blessing to rest upon your house, but it's not talking about your house that has shingles. That word house there is household. It's your lineage. I did about a seven or eight year study of King David. I both studied him in God's word and I studied him in Jewish history and I read in Polycarp and I read Josephus and, and some of that stuff you can read you go blind to find a nugget. I'll be honest with you, but I read and this is what I have discovered. 613 years after King David died, because of his faithfulness, God looked down and gave his descendants, one of his descendants, mercy. You're not just being obedient today for you to be blessed. You got, God wants to bring some blessing. I know I'm wearing a camera mount, but here's a blessing sitting right over here beside this couple. And your faithfulness one day will determine whether mercy, this descendant of David was backslidden was not living for God, not serving the Lord. But yet God said, because of the obedience and faithfulness of David, I'm going to give you mercy. Same thing happened. David gave mercy to Mephibosheth, Jonathan's lame boy. I have a Mephibosheth in my life. He's been in my life 30-some years. I've gone into four crack houses and got him out. I've watched him lose family. I've watched him lose... Uh, uh, cars. I've lost him, lose everything. I've actually, I'm paying. He, he's down in Georgia now. He's been, he's been there. Uh, he's been there since it'll be uh, it, uh, uh, July, it'll be a year. And he's straight. And he just came up and with a group of guys from this ministry we support and worked out at the ark with us. And he's doing so good. He looks better. He just In fact, yesterday was his birthday. He turned 60 yesterday. And I'm so proud of him. But what I'm trying to tell you, the Lord told me years ago, always make a place at your table for Michael. The same thing John, Jonathan did. So he's my Mephibosheth. Over the years, he's 60 years Oh, but he did so many drugs, he, his brain just doesn't function. It's being restored now, but it doesn't function properly. Am I making sense to you? All right, let's go on. He'll cause a blessing to rest on your lineage, on your household. Threefold blessing. Cause blessing will rest in your life. What is a cause blessing? It is a result of you sowing an offering that open. Remember what it says in Malachi? When you bring your tithes and offerings into the storehouse, he will cause the windows of heaven to be opened and to pour out a blessing you cannot contain. Think about that. That's pretty big. If you can't contain it. And so a cause blessing. If we want the greater blessing that God desires us to have in our life, we must step out of that which happens by default and step into that which is cause. Let me tell you a story. Just went to be with the Lord last year, but an older apostle friend of mine who was actually from England, his name was Alan Vincent. He went to India about the same time T.L. Osborne went to India. And he was a missionary there. 
And he was working with a very, very small, impoverished village. And every year, this village would plant one sack of wheat seed, and they would harvest 10 to 11 sacks of wheat seed. And after he was there three or four years, he finally convinced them. He, you know, they had a leader of the village, and he convinced the leader. He said, why don't you plant two bags? And the leader said back to him, people will starve. And Alan said back to him, he said, people are starving as it is. And he convinced him to plant two bags, and the next year they harvested 22 bags. And the next year, he convinced him to plant four bags, and they, I don't remember what it is, but you know it was over 100, 100 bags of wheat that would. And by the third year, listen to me, they had so much wheat that nobody was starving, and they sent two bags to another village. Now I just gave you the plan of God. God won't see it, it, it. We talk about the wise virgin and the unwise virgin, and they said, we don't have enough that we can share with you. God always wants us to be in a place that abundance is going to be upon us. He can multiply it. You know, we watched in the 80s as we came through a hard time financially, as God multiplied what we had to where we could give to other people. I'm telling you, we were around a group of people in Brinkley, Arkansas, and none of them had jobs. And I'm telling you, every Sunday night after church, they all came to our house. And we don't have, my wife and I to this day, we don't know how the food was multiplied. But whatever we had fed everybody that came. And sometimes that'd be 15 or 16 people, and sometimes it'd be 40. But they would show up every Sunday night, and we took that chili that we had. Can you handle a, a humor story? One day we had had a work day at, a, at the church. And we came out, one of the guys who's real, still a real close friend to me today, his name is Rob, and his dog was standing there with somebody's rabbit in its mouth. Not, not a wild rabbit. <laughs> I'm talking about one of them big old pretty rabbits. <laughs> and that rabbit wasn't wiggling. Oh. I mean, we, you know, our heart fell because we knew some neighbor right around that church was going to be missing their rabbit. But can I just tell you the truth? I had some rice and he had the rabbit. <laughs> you fill in the gap there. And we had a bunch of people come over and we had, we had, uh, had a few pinto beans. We had the beans in with the rabbit, the rice and the pinto bean, and it was good and we ate it and we loved it. I'm, in this time I'm talking about, we, we, we went through some times that we used coffee grounds at least twice and sometimes three times. We'd add just a little bit more the third time to try to you know, and so, well, you ought to get off a of coffee. It's a stimulant. I, listen, I love my coffee. I don't abuse it, but I love the part that I, did someone ask me, how do, you, how do you take your coffee? Very seriously. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go to the next one. See, when you just live by default, it's que sera, sera. But when you move in to first fruit lifestyle, I don't want this just... I, I, it don't have to be me, but I want pastor or somebody here. Uh, I'm going to have a spiritual son here tonight. He's coming up to spend a couple of days with me. He's my worship leader uh, at the church in South Haven. He's going to try to get here in time. He's preaching in Hebrew this morning. And he's going to come up, and he, he, I, I'll probably have him share cause how their life has been re revolutionized by this teaching and everything. But he can tell you that you don't want to live by default. 
You want to live by the caused blessing, God causing a blessing to rest upon you and your children, upon your business. Amen? Amen. Upon your business, upon everything that you set your hand to. See, the blessing comes to stay. Look at your neighbor and say, the blessing comes to stay. The blessing of first fruits brings change to your life and your family forever. First fruits can shove you into a dimension of life more abundant. Is this making sense? Yes. Now, let me just share with you tonight, try to come back. I, I told Pastor, if I could do this in one time, once it's taught here a few times, I can, I, you know, not just me, it can be broke down to one time. But the first time, there's just a lot. It's kind of like a, a big building job. You know, you got to get all the materials on the job site. I'm going to try to get all the materials this morning, and I'm going to come back tonight, and we're going to fit them together. But see, the blessing comes to stay. The blessing of first fruit brings change your life and family forever. First fruits, how many of you could use a shove into life more abundant dimension right now? Yes. Amen? Yes. That when you move into that life more abundant, he said, I want you to have life and life more abundant. When you move into that, you start experiencing healings. You start experiencing the, the prosperity of the Lord. Yes. You know, uh, last time I was here, I'm sure I mentioned it, but, uh, uh, you know, when we make our May payment, four years ago, March the 20th, we bought the land out there for $700,000. And when we make our May payment on it, we're going to owe right under $60,000 of that $700,000. Now, I don't know what that means to you, but let me tell you what it means to us. That's somewhere between Jesus walking on water and turning water into wine. See, I had this contingency plan if we didn't have it paid for in five years because it's interest-free for five years. I had this contingency plan of what I could do and what I could do. But I'm telling you, by December the 31st, I, I believe with all my heart we're going to be debt-free on that piece of land out there. Now, can I just tell you, I've traveled a minimum of 41 weekends a year to help put this vision before people. And people like yourself have been very generous to help us do it, but also we've sowed first fruits for that money to come in. All right, let's move on. Next one. To rest on your house. Need to understand this is not talking about your physical house, but it speaks of your land. But how many of you would rather something rest on you than just come up on you temporarily for a moment? Yeah. He wants his blessings to rest upon you. He wants you, the, he wants those windows of heaven to be so open that he's pouring out blessings you can't hold, but they're going to rest upon you. When it, that word rest there means it come and you become absorbed with it. Are you hearing me? He wants you to be absorbed with the purposes of God and the blessings of God to fulfill the vision. Next one. Well, let me read this. 2 Samuel 7, uh, 16. And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. Throne speaks of authority. When my father died in 2010, the Lord said something very peculiar to me. I didn't even know if it was scripturally sound. He said to me, 
You will operate in the authority of you and your dead for the rest of your life. I thought, Lord, I, I need some scripture. But what he began to show me, how many of you know there's a synergy of the ages? How many of you had a praying grandmother? Think about this. Her prayers didn't die when she got moved on into heaven. Right? How many of you believe the cloud of witnesses is still praying for us? Oh, yes. yes. I had a dream last night. And a man who's in the cloud of witnesses came in the dream and spoke to me. Might be a man some of you heard of. His name was Bob Jones. He's from Arkansas. I've been to where his house, where his home place is, where he had the visitation of the angel. And he said something very significant to me based on another dream I'd had that he wasn't in. So, you know, I know it was a dream, but what I'm telling you is the, the, the cloud of witnesses are partnering with us in prayer. And the prayers you're praying grandmother or grandfather or dad or who prayed over you, they're still in agreement with what things you're praying. And their prayers are still carrying a force. And God wants your authority, the throne, he wants your authority to be at another level. If there's anything I can tell you prophetically not to do with first fruits today is God is increasing the authority of his church right now, his believer. He's bringing us to that place. All right, let's finish this up. 2 Kings 8, 19 says, Yet the Lord would not destroy Judah for the sake of his servant David, as he promised him to give him a lamp to him and his sons forever. That's an incredible promise. Anybody here have a prodigal? Or have ever had a prodigal? My son got away from the Lord for three years. I mean, way a lot, way. Three DUIs in three years. Are you hearing me? He was looking at going to prison on that third one. And God gave him mercy. In fact, on one of those, he said in the back seat, I came there, the police called me, of a sheriff's car, and this is what the sheriff told him. He said, because of what your dad does in this county and who he is to the sheriff's department, I was a minister, and because of his integrity, I'm going to give you a get-out-of-jail-free card today. And he didn't book him. Are you hearing me? The same thing we see here. He promised to give him a lamp to him and his sons or descendants forever. Go to the next one. Exodus 23, 19, the first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. You shall not boil a young goat in his mother's milk. I could go into that, but it's not, not really relevant. Leviticus 23, 10, 11, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when you come into the land which I will give you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheave of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. He shall wave the sheave before the Lord to be accepted on your behalf on the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. Go to the next one. Deuteronomy 26, verse 8 through 10. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders. Let me just share with you. We are about to step in 
to a time of signs and wonders. I'm not talking about people building ministries around them. I'm talking about signs and wonders that's going to cause the people who have become lukewarm, the people who have walked away from God, there are things coming that's going to be a wake-up call to them, and God's going to use these signs and wonders to literally usher tens of thousands into the kingdom. There is an awakening that is coming. Just had a dream about a bunch of maverick steers. I'm not going to go into the whole dream, but it ended up with 12,000 maverick steers and one ox. And it said in, signs and in the dream, it was said, signs and wonders shall follow the ox. And I'm still praying into it, but I'm telling you, we are, on, we are I don't believe we're on the verge, I believe we got our toes in to a time of signs and wonders. Yes, yes. Are you hearing me? Yes. We're, we're in a time that we're going to hear about people being healed. We back, back in September of last year, we held a tent meeting out on the land. Anybody here come to it? I see Rocky and LaFour back here. They did, but we baptized 68 people. Okay? It was powerful. One of them was a spiritual daughter that I have that lives in Gulfport, Mississippi, who has lupus. She's had no lupus symptoms in her body since she was baptized. Are you hearing me? We didn't baptize her to get her healed. We had a word of the Lord. We were to baptize people forward into their inheritance. And we baptized 68 people that way. And we had a marriage healed. We had a guy, we had a guy that uh, had back problem, came out of there with no back problem. We, I want you to understand, we wasn't doing that for the healing. We were doing it out of obedience to God, and God did that for them. The Lord brought us out of Egypt, mighty hand, outstretched arm, with great terror and signs of wonders. He brought us to this place, and has given us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Can I just add in there, not add into the Bible, but a few giants. <laughs> How many of you come to understand God's inheritance for you has to be battled for? Yes. It don't just, it, it doesn't come like the lottery. <laughs> you got to battle for it. You got to be obedient to it. And now behold, I've brought the first fruits of the land, which you, O Lord, had given me. Then you shall set it before the Lord, your God and worship before the Lord, your God. First fruits carries an amplified voice in heaven. How many of you realize your giving speaks in heaven? Your giving, uh, part of a, a first fruits is it's a memorial giving. In other words, you go, God looks back at it and it brings to mind you're obedient and it speaks loudly for you. Go to the next one. Nehemiah, verse uh, uh, chapter 10, verse 35. And we made ordinances to bring the first fruits of our ground and the first fruits of all our trees year by year to the house of the Lord. So it's not something you do one time. We teach this two times a year, one in the spring, one in the fall, but you can practice it anytime. Can I give you a testimony? I, I try to stay away from the testimony because I don't want you to get gold in your eyes. A couple had, and this was years ago, it was... Uh, probably 96 or 97 in Louisville, Kentucky, in a church I used to preach on all the time, had two houses on the market for 24 months, and no one had even looked at one of the houses for six months. I taught what I'm teaching you today. They sowed, not into my ministry, into their church, a first fruits offering. And within 30 days, both houses sold and closed. 
Are you hearing me? See, what, what, the first fruits represents the harvest you desire. How many of you desire harvest? We have, in South Haven at City Gate Church, we have people that sold first fruits offering to be able to get a house finance when their credit score was 630. Are you hearing me? They now live in a house. I have a spiritual son who's moving back from Newport News, Virginia, and he bought a house in June of last year, sold a first fruits offering for it to sell. His company's bringing him back to Memphis, put his house on the market for $100,000 more than he paid for it last year. They closed on it last June, and the house just sold for $167,700 more than he paid for it last June. First fruits. It sold the first day that he put it on the market. Are you hearing me? God doesn't do magic, but he does miracles and he will do it. We had sold first fruits for two more pieces of property in Boone County. On the first day of deer season after Christmas, I think it's the 28th, I go hunting. I get down off the mountain. I'm in a ground blind. It's not warm. I didn't dress warm enough. I reach over to get my thermos to have me a good warm cup of coffee. I think we've already covered that in this service. <laughs> and come to find out, my first wife of 49 years had washed the coffee pot out with vinegar and didn't rinse it well enough. I'm pretty tough, but I'm not that tough. <laughs> So just shortly after I discovered I had no coffee, an eagle landed in, a bald eagle landed in a tree right up in front of me and kept looking at me in that blind. Sit there for an hour. We've never seen a bald eagle on that land out there. This was the first one. I get back to the house, and a guy showed up at the house, and it's one of the parcels of land that we wanted to buy. And he said, I need to sell my land. I now own it. While we were, two hours later, we were down at his land looking at it, and someone else showed up at my house, and it was the second parcel of land. On the same day that I see an eagle, and we now own it. Susan and I bought it personally. It was another house. What I'm trying to tell you is God wants to bless you. We have been praying. One of, them we've been, one of those pieces of property we've been praying over three years for. The lady had been widowed. When we talked to her, she said, no, I'm going to spend the rest of my days here. Well, you know what? I can understand that. She just lost, you know, she, not just lost, but she'd lost her husband. I, you know, I, home's home, isn't it? And so we were in agreement, but yet things changed, and she wanted to sell, and we've now bought it. The other piece of land, we now, we now own it. It's where we're going to build the life skill camp, wilderness camp, for young people right next to that land. Are you hearing me? Verse, uh, uh, chapter 12, verse 44. In the same time, and at the same time, some were appointed over the rooms of the storehouse for the offering, the first fruits and the tithes, and gathered them in from the fields of the city, the portions specified by the law of the priests and Levites. For Judah rejoiced over the priests and Levites who ministered. First fruit is something you do when you want to see a completed harvest. I've sold first fruits to buy a vehicle. I've sold first fruits to get this land. I've sold first fruit to pay this land off. I've sold first fruits for houses. I've, I've sold first fruits for a prodigal daughter. 
to come back to the Lord. Are you hearing me? You can't buy from God, but the faith that you release and the sacrificial offering that you give, go to the... You're, you're there. And for the wood offering at times appointed, for the first fruits, remember me, O God, for good. You, you see what that said? First fruits sets up a memory with God that you had given because it's a sacrificial offering. And this is the one I wanted to get to Proverbs 3 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Why? So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will over, overflow with new wine. Are you hearing me? I believe God can multiply that beef you got in your deep freeze. You, you might not be there, but I believe you can. I tell everybody if, if, if push comes to shove and times get hard, I believe quail are going to fly into my front yard. If the well dries up, I believe water's going to come out of a rock. We have Bible for all this. We have God's Word. But we got to be a people that have practiced first fruits and set our place, set us in a place. Honor God with everything you own. Give Him the first and the best. Your barns will burst with new wine. Uh, your barns will burst. Your wine vats will brim over. See, the first grain that ripens in the field, as I've already said, is always stronger and more apt to produce. Is there one more or not? That's the end of it? No, there it is. Yeah. What is the, uh, yeah, what is the first fruit offering? It's separate from the tithe. The tithe is the first 10% of the harvest you already have. If you got paid this week $500, the tithe is the first 10% of that. That should be $50. Okay. Then it's the first portion of the harvest, but it's also a sacrificial portion. Don't you know when that covenant Israelite brought that seed and said, I'm not going to try to hold it. I'm going to believe that God can give me the seed and release it to the priest. It was very sacrificial to do that. The next one, it represents the whole of the harvest. Everybody say the whole of the harvest. How, how many have planted in the garden? My wife's planting flowers. She, she, you know, she's a flower person, and she's, uh, she's getting all ready. And it's, listen, we're from, we've been from where there's delta land. It's different up here, amen? <laughs> we've, I've been moving rocks for her and digging down and all this stuff. But it represents the whole. It, it, the first fruit operates like an insurance policy. And then as we saw in Nehemiah 10, verse 35, it's done annually. Next one. Okay. Now, I want to just bring out just a few more points that I have here. It's always about faith. What I've talked with Pastor Chad about is we're going to give you an opportunity to give today. Does not go to me. None of it goes to me. You're sowing into this ministry. Or if you're not prepared to give today, we're going to give you the opportunity to make a pledge of the amount you want to give in 50 days from now. I, I, I think that's 
Mother's Day weekend, I believe May the 10th or something like that, would be 50 days from now to pay on your pledge. We're going we're gonna to go further into some of the details tonight. We, if, if you want to, we can, uh, Pastor, I'm going to leave it up to you. We can take, take it tonight, or if you, if you know you're not going to be here and you feel faith, you want to sow, you can do so now. I, I want everybody to understand, I'm not getting any of this. I'm coming here. What I want to do is to see this lady move more in to where God can release blessing, or this family, or this woman, or this couple on the back. Over here. Anybody here against moving into a place of greater blessing so you can be a greater blesser to someone? No. When, when you, don't you want to help people? Yeah. Yes. I, I want to be a blessing to people. I, you know, one of the things I, my wife and I are blessing, we don't just give people money. We sit down and help them understand how to get debt free. One of the things we run in our congregation down in South Haven is Dave Ramsey's University of Peace, and we teach people how to how to how to you know how to reduce their debt and move into debt-free living. All of that blesses people, but first fruits is very very powerful. Let me look for a note that I need, if you'll allow me for just a minute. Here's what I'm feeling, Pastor, if I can. Could we uh, see if anybody might have a question in proportion to first fruits? I, don't know, I need to look what time. I don't want to keep you too long. I'm doing pretty good. Anybody have a question? Boy, I didn't. Oh, I see a hand way in the back. Can you shout it out? Where would you produce first I couldn't hear it. Where would you produce first fruits from in modern society? In modern society, okay. Um, let me think on it for just a moment. So, so, yeah. If I understand your question, we don't have wheat and we don't have barley. You're asking for first fruit. It would be the first fruits would come from your financial gain. It would come from the, the, what you desire. Anybody, uh, let, let me give you a testimony. I can answer your question with this. 2008, anybody remember it? Yeah. Housing bubble busted. Things got tight. My son worked for the second largest heat and air company in Memphis. He was their mechanical engineer. That just was a big term that he would oversee all the ducking. They did the FBI building. They did... Uh, Steven Seagal's house, he had a house in Memphis because he had a daughter that was at St. Jude, did Sybil Shepherd's house. They, did a, they, they worked for 16 months on one house putting heat and air in it. The cost of heat and air in this one house was $778,000. I might be in naughty, but I'm going to tell you who it was, the guy that owns AutoZone. Pip Hyde's his name. Yeah, with it. So he, 
had been promised a raise. The economy fell. The bubble busted. He was not given a raise. He had newly married, I mean, been married a couple years, had a son now, cost of living was going up, he needed the raise, he got frustrated, put his name, he put his uh, resume out on uh, monster.com, I think it was, company picked him up like that, wanted to hire him, offered him this huge money increase for what he could do, came and talked with me about it. I told him, I said, son, you're not going to like that job. It's not, it's not for you. I said, God wants you to stay where you're at. Dad, they turned me down for a raise. I can't stay there for that amount of money. I said, you need to go back and talk to your supervisor. He won't do any good. I said, don't listen to your daddy. Listen to the prophet inside your daddy. Mm. And he listened. I told him how to approach his supervisor. He laid it out. Supervisor looked him right in the eye. I said, it ain't happening. You're not getting a raise. And the next day he goes into work and the HR guy comes out of the main office back where he's working. And he said, well, you were the topic of discussion last night. And my son said, really? He said, yeah. He said, your supervisor told us that you've got another job offer. If we didn't come up with a raise, you're going to have to, you're going to change jobs. And my son, Dean's his name. He said, I don't want to. I'd rather stay here, but I can't, I got to make more money. And this is what the HR guy, I don't think, he, I don't know if he was very wise on his part, but he looked at my son, he said, well, let me tell, him, tell you what I told him last night. He said, that young man's the future of our company. He said, if he wants to sink out of the shop, let him carry it home with him. Oh. He got called back in. He asked him, said, do you want, how many weeks notice? I need to train someone. You tell me, I want to honor you. I want to leave here, leave a good taste in your mouth and all that. But before he ever started training someone, they came and they gave him a $1,350 a month raise. Wow. Now, let me tell you what happened. That raise came in June or July of 2008. Can I tell you what he did in January? I taught First Fruits in January and he sold a First Fruits offering for a raise and he got the raise. It worked like an insurance policy to guarantee what God wanted to give them. And not only did he get $1,350 a month raise, they started furnishing him a vehicle to drive and the gas for it, which actually pushed it up. At that time, it was probably about $200 to $250 a month, you know, in gas, and then not wearing his vehicle out. And uh, are you hearing me? So what I'm saying to you is he sold financially for this raise and he got this raise because he had sold a first fruit and God honored it. God looked back at that memorial of when he sold it and he did that. Good question. Thank you. I, I hope I answered it sufficiently. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Say again. There's a scripture says in Nehemiah 10:35 said they did it annually. That that is not saying you're just to do it once a year, but what it says to me is it's a repeated pattern. But we have people in our house where I've been teaching it for 18 years now, Citygate Church. When I say our house, Citygate Church, they do it 
six or seven times. Anytime something, a harvest comes up, a promotion, a house, uh, had someone just recently sow uh, a first fruits offering to get a better, they wanted to refinance the house they had and get a better interest rate. It moved from 3.8 to 2.2. And their credit was, could have been a little better. It wasn't bad credit. I think they had seven, 735, but they got an incredible interest rate. And so what they're doing is the amount that their payment went down, due, they, did, they didn't borrow any extra money. They didn't want that. They want debt free. So the amount that their payment reduced, I don't know what it was, but I'm going to say $100. Now, every month when they make their payment, they pay that extra $100 onto the principal, which is reducing interest as well. Am I, am, yes. I, I don't want this to come, I, 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 and Pastor, correct me, I don't want this to come across to try to get you to, to give. I want this to come across that in a lifestyle of beginning to practice this, you can change the dynamics of everything you're about. I mean, we, listen, from 1991, I gave my first fruit, first First fruits offering, 1991. Can I give you one more testimony? My daughter, my daughter had a little S10 pickup, and she wanted a she wanted a better better vehicle. And I was bringing the guy in. I first heard teach it, and I was flying to Wales. I I used to do a big conference in Wales right before Christmas every year. And she came to me and told me what she wanted, and told me what she had saved up, and she sold $500. First fruits offering while I was out of town, and this guy taught it, and a couple in our church had the highest-end Toyota car. It, it was actually called a Cressica at that time. It'd be like the Avalon today. It was the highest-end Toyota you can. The car had like 46,000 miles on it totally. It was serviced every time it was serviced by the Toyota dealership. It, it was pristine, it was new. And she sold, believing, she actually was dreaming for a Grand Am, not a new one, but a Grand Am. But the couple came to her right after she sold the first fruit and gave it to her. Wow. It, I hope I'm balancing these testimonies in a way to understand God wants to work with you any way that he can on any level that he can and first fruits really does how many of you know that I could have preached like this today and you probably could have heard me uh, I'm going to say this my voice carries a little bit better I I have a hard time this guy's got a low voice I have have a hearing impediment from all the uh, crop dusting I did we didn't wear earplugs and and uh, and stuff, and that the, between diesel motors and airplanes, I, I have a hearing loss. And when you talk, I sometimes I, I really have to listen intently. I'm, that's not in any way a, a put down the pastor. But how many of you know it, it, you're hearing me okay right now? Maybe in the back there, child, a little bit. But when I bring this up, even closer to my mouth. Well, first fruits, a sacrificial first fruits offering has an amplified voice before God. And tithing has a voice before God. Other offerings, there's all kind of offerings, but first fruits offering has, has an amplified. It actually testifies on your behalf 
for you. And we're going to get into more of that tonight, the details of it. Did I see another hand? Do you have your hand up in the back? You, you have something? I was just saying I can hear you. He can hear you. What? He said he can hear you. Oh, okay. All right. I can't hear you. No. <laughs> Y'all pray for my hearing because my wife and children tell me that hearing aids are coming if I don't, if I don't get better. <laughs> Amen. It's just a certain range in there that I just really, there's some things I hear greatly and uh, other things I don't hear so well. Have I got anybody just totally confused? Is it is it making a little sense to you? I, I listen. I fell in love with you when Pastor allowed me to come the first time. I think this is incredible people. In fact, I've already texted somebody. I know you're not supposed to text in church, but I texted someone. It was so beautiful to see the people <laughs> that came to the altar today and see tears running down her face. It's real here. Yeah. It's real. I just, I don't want the deep theology. I'm, I'm just being honest with you. I just want stuff that's real. Yeah. Amen? You know, I tell you, when I carried my wife on our 25th wedding anniversary, we were able to go down to an island called St. Lucia in the Caribbean. And the mayor of the city where we were came out and honored us for our 25th, gave me a key to the city. It was a, it was a great time. But I told everybody, I said, we're, gonna, we're going to St. Lucia for... A week, and we're going to walk a a uh, beach, and I'm going to whisper sweet somethings, not nothings, in her ear. Are you hearing me? I'm gonna, let's keep it real. You know, I, I I never have understand whispering sweet nothings. Amen. And so we we enjoyed it there, and it was great. Next year we celebrate 50 years, and uh, you know, we just. In fact, this week was our anniversary. You know what we did? We tore the bathroom out in our house. <laughs> some of you, when you've been married 49 years, you'll understand that. Amen. We've got some other things planned and everything, but uh, right now we want to get our, our master bath uh, remodeled. Any other questions? All right, I see you way back there. Talk, talk as loud as you can. Oh, you don't want me to do that. <laughs> People that have like a fixed income or a limited amount and they pay their 10%, what, how would they go about the first fruits? Okay, say it, what you said. Somebody that's on a fixed income with an income and they're paying their tithe. Okay. How would they go about doing their first fruits? Well, number one, I've said it two or three times. The first fruits is always sacrificial. So think about the, the story about India. They would plant one seed and harvest leaven. The chief of the village said if we plant two, more people will starve than if we plant one. So the what, what you do off your fixed income, which, pro, which in reality, I, under, I, I work with people that are like that and, and widow women and stuff with that, and there's just so much, and it usually is not enough to really go around to everything. But it's a sacrificial offering to break that cycle. Let me, uh, to break the cycle you're in. So I, I'm not speaking words over you, but as I hear you properly, 
you're in a cycle of lack. It, you're having to stretch everything you got to make it meet all the all the the needs that you got. Well, let me give you a word. And a first fruits offering is seed. I don't want to open up a can of worms, but I probably will. The tithe is not t- seed. Tithe belongs to God. Right. Everything above the first ten percent is seed. Okay. Wow, that resonated here. That's good. Some place I go and teach this, it doesn't resonate with the people. But So let me tell you what seed does. And I, I know we have some younger people here. But think about a godly kingdom marriage between a man and a woman. When a seed is planted and a conception takes place, an old cycle stops. And until a birth comes... And once the birth comes, a new cycle begins. It's the same way with the seed of first fruits. When you plant a seed of first fruit, a, a sacrificial portion of the harvest. What I, I'm not trying to name your harvest for you, but what you need is greater income or lesser expenses. Okay? So if, when you plant the seed which is sacrificial for the complete of your harvest, it's going to stop the old cycle of lack and birth a new cycle of greater provision. Did I answer it well? I, lo- I don't know if y'all can tell, but I love teaching this because I've literally seen hundreds of people move into another dimension of kingdom living. Let me, can I give you a test? Everybody ready? It's an open book test. How many of you, when you get ready to write an, a, a check or go in your pocket for an offering, the thought, if I give this, I'm going to have less this week. Well, can I just tell you what that is? That's a poverty mindset. See, poverty is not about not having. Poverty is the fear of not having. Literally, when we first began to practice this, we were sitting in one of the teachings, and my wife had one number, and I had another number, and the number I had was greater than the number she had, and we, we don't do anything unless we're in agreement. And if you're married, that's probably the best truth I said all day. <laughs> and that doesn't mean your wife agreeing with you, husbands. Or uh, husband agreeing with the wife, it means we both get in agreement with what God's saying. When you get, when both spouses get in agreement with what God is saying, then you're in agreement with each other. And I knew we were supposed to give this. It was, it was five thousand dollars. This was back in the '90s, and we were, we're not wealthy today, but <laughs> we were a lot more impoverished in this time. And so I looked at my wife, and I've been a gun collector. Uh, really, I buy guns and never sell them. <laughs> and I had this one particular gun. It was an AR-15. I'll confess to you. It was a Colt. And I bought it when I was 14 years old. And I'd had a long time. And she knows it was my pride and joy. And I looked her in the eye and I said, if, you'll, if you come in agreement and we give this amount, I'll sell that gun and put it towards this. I know we're supposed to sell that much. And she looked at me and said, Wow, you're serious. And we sold it. We sold 
the 5,000. We came in agreement. We sold the 5,000. I never had to sell the gun. Wow. You know, with it. Because we were in agreement and we did what God said. And as a result of that $5,000 that we sold, someone came to us and gave us $35,000 and said, I know that your house is kind of tight with your kids. I want you to add a master suite onto your house so that Susan and you have a bedroom and, you know, the kids will all, every one of them will have their own bedroom and everything. And, and I can tell you, we took the 35000 and my son, who was only 15, I think, at that time, we hired a, I don't do trim work, and we hired a guy to do the trim work, work with us a little bit, but we added on to our house a master suite, a bathroom, a closet, and a master, and a master bedroom with that money. And I know that that $5,000 opened the windows of heaven so he could pour out a blessing we couldn't hold. And it was so, it was so, uh, we didn't have to have it. Do you understand that? But it sure was a blessing when it came. You know, we were able to, the kids, you know, all three had their own rooms. We, you know, everything, you know, with that. So some of my experiences are very, very strong to me of how we've watched God work. One more question. Okay. I'm going to ask it this way. Anybody here, uh, anybody here feel enough faith in your heart? You want to uh, sow a first fruits offering or make a first fruits pledge this morning? Or if you want to wait, thank you. If you want to wait tonight, uh, when I, and I'm going to just get into a lot more of the mechanics. We're going to have some more. Uh, I hope you chew on this this afternoon and we're going to do it. I came prepared. I want to give this morning. I want to sow into this ministry. I don't, I don't I'm not boasting of it. Say we've never talked about any offering, not this time or the other time. Uh, if, if we had, here's what I would told Pastor Chad. Just honor me. And, you know, some place that I go, Honor is $300. Other places that I go, just being honest with you, honor is $15,000. But I found out that God is well able to get to me what He wants to have to me. Yes. Are you hearing me? Yes. And so I'm not here about this. I, I've told Him I don't, I don't want a, a portion of this. I'm not asking for anything. What I want is you and you and this couple and this lady and this couple those of you, I want you to move into a place of empowerment that, that you can have an abundance for every good work. It works. I don't preach theory. And, it, and, you know, and I'm, I can stand here before you and tell you if what I, the blessing I'm going to get out of it is the fact that we're going to hear testimonies out of this place of people that, <coughs> you know, there's some people here going to move into your own business. There's some people here that are going to see an increase a bit. I know inflation has hit us. Someone, someone wrote me the other day and said, you know, I've seen you in some of these meetings. You drive that big diesel pickup. I bet it don't get 16 miles a gallon. It does on the highway. It gets 20. <laughs> Amen. And they said, what are you going to do now that diesel's $5 a gallon? 
And I, as graciously as I could, I wrote this person back, and this is what I said. I'm going to burn every gallon of it that I have to, and God's going to provide all the money I need because I don't just run up and down the road. If I'm, if I'm going, it's on God's business. Are you hearing me? And I, I love to drive my wife's vehicle. We bought a new diesel Yukon this year. I left here the other night, left Omaha the other night, and drove to Knoxville, Tennessee in nine hours and 20 minutes to pick up a granddaughter. He got 34.8 miles to the gallon. Best vehicle we've ever owned. She just won't let me drive it all the time. <laughs> Are you ready to give? You know who to make it to if you're paying by check, if there's any other way you want to tell them. I'm going to sow what I brought this morning. And I'm going to, I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm, we had a conversation. I'm believing with you the money's going to come in for a complete sound system and everything you need for outreach and whatever is in your heart. Amen. I, I'm believing that, that really struck in my heart. And I, I wish I was in position to pay, pay for it all. I'm not. But I can sow this towards it, and I'm going to believe for more to come in for me to come in to you here with that. Would you stand to your feet? I want to pray a prayer over you if I can. Now, you need to just be obedient in your heart. If you're not ready to sow, don't sow. But if you feel something in your heart, be obedient to your heart. Now, remember this. I have to say this. First fruits is always a sacrificial portion of the harvest you desire. When the, cu the couple that had those two houses that no one had looked at in six months, they sold $2,400 that day, $1,200 for each house. They didn't have the money. The, you, do you understand? The houses hadn't sold. They had to pull money out of savings to be able to sow it, but yet the houses sold, both of them, within a month's time. And so first fruit's always a sacrificial portion of the harvest you desire. Just like when the covenant Israelite would take it to the priest and say, I believe God's going to give me seed to plant next year. Just like the village in India that sacrificed one more bag and then the, it was the third year well they did it three years so it would have been the fourth year they had so much harvest they were able to send it to another village that was starving that's where I want to live yes. are you hearing me that's, that's what I, I want to live see we know we're going to bring young people to this wilderness life skills school and their life's going to be changed and they're going to go back and begin to disciple their peers and with what they learn there. And we know we're going to be a blessing to them. Someone's asked me, what are you going to charge for this camp? I'm trying to work it out when we don't charge anything. I'm, I, I'm, you know, please don't hear me that I said that's an absolute, but I'm trying, to, I'm trying to work it out. One thing I can tell you, we're not going to allow any adolescent to come to it that doesn't have a support group. Yes. Yes. That's parents, our church like this, Somebody that's a support group to go back to. So maybe the support group will want to raise an offering to sow into it. I don't know. But it, it's about being a blessing. Can, can you imagine if we could carry through in one year 
300 young people that go back out and begin to disciple their peers with kingdom wisdom, with kingdom understanding. Wonder if they get, you know, wonder if they get um, a release of signs and wonder. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great to hear about a 14-year-old that everybody prayed for got healed? But yet had the wisdom to not to know it wasn't him and not try to build a ministry around it, just be a blessing to people. I, I, I hope I'm wetting your appetite because this is who I am. It's not about manifestations. It's about fruit that remains. Can I give you one last testimony? Was in a church in Little Rock, Arkansas, Lord, many, many years ago, and prayed for a lady who had amalgam mercury fillings. Anybody familiar with them? The old which had mercury in it, which causes migraines, and they're drilling them out these days, and and her filling turned to gold. True story. I was as shocked as she was. And this, she's still in our life. She still attends a church I preach in at in Little Rock. And she had been severely abused by two men who were family members. And when God did the sign and wonder in her mouth, she came into a place of forgiveness and ended up leading both those men to the Lord. And ended up being their their caregivers in the last days of their life. That's fruit that remains. It wasn't a one-time event to where she got touched. She had to move away from Arkansas to be their caregiver. She had to sacrifice. There was a lot to this, but yet she did this. That's what I'm looking for. It's a fruit that remains. That, you know, you, you come into greater prosperity, but you don't start buying bigger cars. Not that bigger cars are wrong, but you steward it in a way that God can increase it. We, we don't we try not to ever buy new vehicles we try to find low mileage it's getting harder but we try to find good vehicles low low mileage but this last one I bought my wife April a year ago it was brand new because they just come out General Motors just came out the bill I couldn't find one in fact you know what we were praying that some wealthy man would buy his wife a diesel Yukon and she'd get tired of getting diesel on her hands and trade it back in we could buy it Women don't like filling up diesels. My wife tell you, we've driven a lot of diesel because the pumps are always nastier. If you drive a diesel pickup, you know what I'm talking about. So we prayed, and it didn't, and we found an incredible deal in Humble, Texas. It was humbling. It was so incredible, and we were able to buy it. Are, are you hearing me? This is what God wants to do. The windows of heaven are open in this place. The windows of heaven are open over... Everybody here, you got to be obedient to your heart. you got to be obedient. Just please, there's a word I use that's very crucial today, and is the word sacrificial. If you can reach in your pocket and give $300 very easily, that ain't sacrificial. If you got to transfer some money to be able to do it, that, that makes it sacrificial. If maybe you got to quit buying... something 
for, for a month to be able to pay it, that's sacrificial. Are you hearing me? Father, I declare over this group of people in this house at this time, the windows of heaven are open. I declare that you desire to pour out a blessing upon these people that they cannot contain. I declare from the book of Malachi, the devourer is rebuked for their sake. I declare there's meat in the storehouse. I declare that all ethnicities will rise up and call this people blessed. I declare they are blessed coming in and blessed going out. And I declare that the soil of their heart is delightful. So as the seed of this word has been planted today, it'll spring back forth in fruit, but fruit that will remain. Now, Father, bless these people. Father, if I've not torn in a way that was clearly understood, let them come back tonight as we tie it together. But Father, let Holy Spirit, the anointing, be their teacher in this so that they can step into a whole nother level of provision. Now do this in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for coming. If you do want to give, there's a little black box back there. We've been teaching on mind renewal for the last seven weeks, and I like how that ties together because when you have the mind of Christ, you're constantly thinking of somebody else's need and not your own. And so as you renew your mind, you become more of a giver, and then you're able to meet other people's needs, even if it's sacrificing on yourself, which then God catches some other giver's attention to meet your needs. And this whole thing just works beautifully when people think like Jesus. And so I uh, appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming. And you guys, please come back tonight and um, hear the second part of this. You're all welcome to come if you can't make it. And tonight, after I teach, I want to pray over anybody that wants to be prayed over for, for debt reduction and debt-free living. I, I'm, I'm just telling I carry an anointing in that area. And I, I really, I, I was supposed to say that earlier today, but tonight I'm going to pray for people and to, that you can start your journey to coming into debt reduction and debt-free living. Yeah, so please come back if you can. If you can't, we bless you. We hope to see you next week. We love you guys. Father, bless them. Keep them. Make your face shine upon them. Be gracious to them. Lift up your countenance upon them, Jesus, and give them peace. Amen.